Hey, everybody. It is nice to see you. Um, I'm not sure how good my mic is, but my dog is losing his flipping mind right now. He's barking his brains out. My husband should be home in 10 minutes, in which case the dog will stop barking. And I hope it's not too distracting. Anyway, hi, how's everybody doing? It's nice to see you or not see you. Um, I'm gonna start renaming people. And if you have anything you wanna get coached on, please either raise your hand or put something in the chat, but I'm gonna start making stuff up. Let's see, we'll say gift, rename. Awesome, we have a volunteer. Let me just, I'm just gonna rename you real quick. Um, let's say ornament. <laughs> okay, so let me allow to talk. Okay, hi. Good evening. Hi. What's happening? Good evening. <laughs> well, I just finished decorating my Christmas tree, so the name Super. is very fitting. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for asking. What what can we talk about? So um, I have been second guessing myself the last few days. Okay. Um, this is in regards to um, something I've been coached on a few times, but last month we talked about how I was proposing a job change mm -hmm. um, or at least a role change at my hospital. And um, I am pleased to report back that that has, is going through, still haven't signed papers, but it's you know, enough that we have set a date and are starting to make the transition. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's super exciting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but of course, now I'm second guessing myself. And instead of focusing on the positives, I keep thinking of all the what if. Yeah. And yep. <laughs> yeah, I've talked myself a little bit out of it today, but I think there's some more work that could be done on it. Great. So if second guessing is the action, what's the feeling that's driving that? Oh, um, I think it's a combination of nervousness and fear of failure. That's probably a big one. Okay. Uh, Do you think one feels more true? I think the like fear is probably the biggest thing now that I'm saying it out loud. Yeah. Because um, I think it's a combination of being afraid that this might come back to haunt me or be a detriment in the future. Yeah, there's the second guessing. You're like, ooh, is this really a good idea? Yeah. So um, then we can put also in the A line, if you're making stuff up, like this is probably going to go terribly wrong sort of thing. Do you think you're like inventing a negative future? Oh, in yeah. I'm very much inventing the future. <laughs> okay. I keep trying to call myself out on Okay. So what do you think is the thought is driving or is creating the fear for you? 
I think it's that inventing the future and wondering if this new role, I won't have quite the same exposure um, and experiences that I would in my current job. So if, you know, something happens in the future that I'm looking for another job that I'm inventing the future of, <laughs> I won't stay board certified or no one will hire me or something crazy to that effect. Yeah. So like in your mind, then the thoughts that are kind of creating the fear is all stuff about what if, what if, what if, what if. Yes. Got it. So how can we phrase that as a thought? Um, we can just pick any one of those things you mentioned. Like, what do you think is like the predominant messaging your brain's offering you right now? Um, what if I don't get enough surgeries? Yeah. And so in when, just for like logistical purposes, I'm going to, um, say for people who are working on their models, it's really common to have questions pop up as thoughts in the model. And so when questions pop up, we just want to answer it. So it's like, what if, um, surgery, what if I don't get enough surgeries? Um, I think you mentioned to like stay board certified. Yeah. It's like re rephrasing that in, in a statement is I'm, I'm not going to get enough surgeries to stay board board certified. That makes sense. And I don't know if it really matters, honestly, but I have like OCD. And so <laughs> if somebody <laughs> tells me a rule to like not put a question in the T line of the model, then I don't put a question in the T line. I don't think it really matters, but I think it kind of, it does make sense in my head though. Yeah. Um, because it kind of helps you create that like more solid future to develop the result that you're going for in the yeah. model. I think you're right there. It's like, if you're asking the question, what if it's not as strong a message to yourself as like, yes. this is for sure going to be a terrible thing that I just did, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm not going to get enough surgeries to stay board certified. Um, I feel like an expert at this right now. Cause I literally just, um, submitted the application on December 1st to renew my board certification. Um, okay. So if that's kind of the thought driving the fear and then you're feeling fear. And so then the actions are your second guessing yourself, inventing negative futures. Um, what result does that create for you? Um, not being excited about this change that I worked hard for. <laughs> I love that. It's like you're proving to yourself that it's not, it was not a good decision, which robs you of the joy of being in a good decision. Yeah. What if it's all a good decision? Like what if no matter what you did, it's going to be the right thing to do? Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, because it's the way it is. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter 
there's no really no right or wrong because I mean this is very philosophical but whatever you do it's the way it happened and like the future wouldn't be you know your life wouldn't would be totally different if you took a different path right and think about if if I recall some of the reasons you wanted to to make this change in the first place is so you could be home by dinner time or that's one specific reason or just be home more yeah yeah so what I mean, we could just as easily say that not doing the change, like staying where you are in the job that you have would eat, it would have the same possibility of creating a negative future, right? Like it's lose, lose. Yeah. Whereas it could be win, win. Yeah. So this is super great. And I'm very glad you brought this up because I'm listening to a book right now that's blowing my mind and it's called The Gap in the Game. Um, It's very short. It's like five and a half hours or something to listen, which to me means it's a pretty short book to read, but it's written by um, Benjamin Hardy, PhD, and it's co-authored with Dan Sullivan, who's a super famous old coach who's been coaching for like a hundred years, but Dan Sullivan came up with this idea called the gap in the gain and how it's just kind of a, it's a framework to think about living. And what we usually do is we have this ideal in mind. That's basically unattainable. It's almost like living in the horizon or, or like watching a horizon. So if you're driving on the freeway and the horizons in front of you, like the horizon continually moves, you, you, you don't ever reach Mm -hmm. it. It just continually moves forward. So it's not like a finish line you can get to, but humans really love to think that they can get there. And when they're measuring themselves against this ideal of getting there, then they're always feeling like they're not getting there. So it's like living in the, the, um, the gap, like what they don't have. And instead of looking where you were and then seeing where you are now and seeing what you've already gained. And so like, I think your situation here is a really good gap gain um, situation because you have already done so much and specifically done so much to make this change. Like it probably wasn't easy and you probably had to do things that made you uncomfortable to make this change to grow. Would you agree? Very much. so. Yeah. So there are all these things that, that have gone into who you are as a human being that have brought you to this moment. And but all your brain can really see your your brain doesn't even want to see any of that. But what it wants to see is like how it's all going to be a, like a big flop. It's normal. That resonates so much, but, but it's normal. It's the way humans are. And so of course, just like with everything, it takes um, practice of just gentle reminding of like, where am I in the gap? And where am I in the gain? And it's really easy once you recognize that you're in the gap to be like, oh, okay, now I'm recognizing I'm here. And then you can easily flip it 
just as one more tool, you can easily ask yourself questions to flip it, to get into the gap, just to see like, okay, what have I actually done that got me to this point? It can help you, it can help you, it can help you kind of connect with the reasons why you wanted to do it in the first place. And then you can also celebrate all of the stuff that you had to do good and bad to get to the moment. But in, in the, in that exercise, it brings you into the present moment to enjoy what you're doing, like to enjoy the decision you have made, to enjoy the path that you're on rather than being in that deprivation of the, the R line that you currently have. Hmm. So with that in mind, what, what's, you know, what's coming up for you is like where you want to go with it. I want to be focusing on all the positives and not all the what ifs. Yeah. Cause I mean, like I've talked to multiple partners when I was making this decision and, you know, I've brought up my concerns and everybody thinks those will be fine and that those aren't really warranted mm-hmm. or valid. Um, so I think it's reasonable to try and just, you know, put those fears aside and move forward and focus that this is the best decision right now for me. And this is what I need in my life right now. Yeah. And who knows where life's going to go from now. So why am I worrying about it? Um, let's, can we do an exercise if you feel comfortable doing it? Sure. Um, let's list the concerns. You might've done this already. So one was like case number for boards. What are your other concerns? Not having as available partners. Does that mean like not have support? What does that Um, mean? It means my partner's in this new kind of model are more out of town. And there are my old partners in town, but I wasn't sure how much support I would get for the other surgeons in town, I should say. Okay. And by support, do you mean like people to bounce ideas off of or people to come to the OR and scrub in or or all Um, of both, but more coming to the OR. Cause I know some of my partners that are out of town would, I, I, I know that I have people via phone mm-hmm. to bounce ideas off. Of. It's more the actually come and Hey, take a look at this. Okay. Gotcha. Um, okay. What else are you concerned about? Um, the pay cut. I think there's going to Mm-hmm. Um, having a different title. What does that mean? Um, 
I guess I don't have to keep this completely like anonymous and generic. So, um, but please, if you don't feel comfortable sharing, please don't. It's totally up to you. I mean, essentially my, even though I'm not really changing my specialty, the, I'm joining a different, um, division that is, makes it sound like I am not doing something anymore. If that oh, makes sense. okay. I gotcha. Yeah. So it's like taking away some expertise or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else? Um, I think those are the main ones. Okay. So this is pretty much like the stuff that is floating in your brain in the gap, Mm -hmm. like thinking about the unknowns and what you don't have and blah, blah, blah. So let's also think about what, so like realistically speaking, what kind of case numbers, like, do you really need for your boards? Like for orthopedics, I just renewed and they needed 35 cases for the year. So sure what general surgery does, but to be honest, I'm not sure of like a minimum number because I've gone through and they just say like, submit your case list, but it doesn't actually give a number that I've found. Yeah. Um, So one thing like that can, I think be useful for you is like, are these concerns you have valid or not valid? And it sounds like you've gotten some advice from your partners on some of it, but like doing a little research, I don't think is a bad thing to try to figure out. Cause maybe then you don't even mm-hmm. need to worry about it anymore. Yeah. So do you have like a board um, person that you could email and just say, Hey, can you clarify like what, how many cases we need in a year? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an idea. So the point here is, is that you can turn each thing into a stepping stone. That's one option. And then that gets you back in the game. Um, so it's possible to like, find out how many you need. And then what did your partner say when, did you talk to them about the concern about availability? Um, not directly, but, um, three of the five, I mean, knowing them and based on their response, they essentially said like, let me know if you need anything. So I think they would be still around. Yeah. So now we know that like you do have support. Pay cut. Is that something that's like worth kind of occupying space in your mind and your body? Honestly, no. (laughs) Doesn't matter. And then the title, do you gain anything? Do you gain a title? Do you gain, um, I don't know, some kind of a different something or does it matter? Um, I mean, technically I should, and I'm going to put a different one on my CV because that's what I actually do, but they just don't really, I mean, it's not like there's a title on anything that I have right now. Anyway, it's all something I made up. So, Oh, cool. Title is made up. That's good to know. 
Because then like you can just decide what title you want to have. I love Yeah, it. I feel like I decided what my title was right now. So I can just change it since technically that's the role I'm going to be filling. So. so the reason I wanted to go through this is because you're a human being who's just going to want to go back to the, to the um, default model of thinking mm-hmm. everything's going to be a problem. And I really love just kind of looking at it truthfully and saying, okay, my brain wants to make this a very big deal, but in reality, is it a big deal? And it can just help you kind of cut a little bit of drama out of it. So then, you know, oh, okay. Like, I know this is, you know, I'm trying to blow things up, but really these things are not that big of a deal. And that's one tool you can use to kind of gently remind yourself, oh yeah, it's, it's really not going to be that like all the stuff I want to make up about the future is actually truthfully not that dramatic. Yeah. All the problems I see aren't truly problems. Yeah. And you can understand why you want to, why we all would, we would all make it a big deal because it takes so much energy and it takes bravery and courage to move out of that safe zone where you are, even though it's like an uncomfortable, comfortable, you know, like, obviously you didn't Mm -hmm. want to stay in that job. You want to spend more time balanced out with other things in your life. So it's that comfort zone is like an uncomfort comfort zone, but that's what our brains prefer is even if it's uncomfortable, it prefers to stay there. And it's just trying to, just trying to sound an alarm to keep you there. That's it. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So now you mentioned you, what you really desire is to be thinking positive things about it. Yes. So what are the positive things? Let's make that list. I will know my schedule in advance. Wow. That's kind of (laughs) great. Yeah. And I'm already make like today, I just already started making a mental list of all the things I'm going to do when I know that I have a day that I can actually do it. <laughs> yeah. So you can plan. You'll be able to plan things in your life. Okay. What else? Um, enjoy time with my family without waiting for my patron. Yes. What else? I mean, I'll just have more time outside of the hospital. I'm going to add one. You're still a surgeon. You still get to operate take care of people, right? Yes. Sounds magical. Um, And then also I want to give you one more list. And then what I'll do is I'll just save this and hopefully maybe I can email it to you or something like that. So you can have it. Oh, that'd be perfect. Um, Okay. I want to make one more list of 
who you had to, had to become to make the change? Like, what did you need to do within yourself, the growth stuff to do it? I mean, I hate change. So I had to like acknowledge that I needed a change. Wow. (laughs) That's something that so few, so few people do. So few people actually think that they can question whether or not they need a change. Like it doesn't occur to them and they just stay stuck head down in the pain. That's kind of how I felt like I was going to be. I was like, I could live like this, but I would not be happy. And like, this is not a sustainable life. Yep. Okay. So you acknowledged you needed a change. Then what else? Um, I decided what I wanted out of my life. And then I made a plan that actually accomplishes both work, professional and personal goals. And then I had to put my big girl pants on and go meet with a bunch of important people. (laughs) Right. You had to get uncomfortable. Yeah. You had to be vulnerable. I had to be willing to stand up for myself. You have a little girl, don't you? I could get tearful right now thinking about the example you're setting for your daughter of all the hard things mommy had to do to make your one true unique life come, come to be for you and for her. This is so beautiful. You're making me tear up. (laughs) We should celebrate. We should celebrate. We should celebrate you because you have done it. You have taken a stand. You have, you've done the work. You decided it was not sustainable and then did something about it. I think this is absolutely unbelievable. It's so great. And this is going to serve as a huge example, not only to your, your daughter, but to all the other surgeons who are going to watch this and think, oh my gosh, I, I think I might have the courage to do it too. So this decision that you've made that is so easy to question and so easy, and it's just normal and natural to do that. That doesn't mean anything's gone wrong. It has such this ripple effect to so many other people. I'm really grateful that you shared it. Well, thank you for letting me 
coaching has been an inspiration for it and has also kept me sane through all of it. So thank I'm you. So glad. I'm so glad. So how do you feel? Do you feel complete in this or do you want to keep talking about it? No, I feel good. I feel very, um, very satisfied and happy and kind of back to being very pleased with my decision. Good. And at the end of the day, it's all the right decision. And life can always change and it probably will change. But yeah. for right now, we get to try this out. And you're right. Life can always change. But look who knows how to handle shit. You. So if life does change, you know how to make a motherfucking plan and execute it. I have no doubt that if life changes when it, when it does, you'll be like, okay, no big deal. I got it. Well done. Okay, let me hit the save button so I don't screw up like I did the other day. I didn't save something. <laughs> okay, very good. Thank you so much. Um, all right. Wonderful. Does anybody else have anything they want to talk about? That was really good. Until we have another volunteer, I will talk about my resident yesterday. Um, I did not know my resident was transitioning out of orthopedics and he was apprehensive about telling me. And then, I mean, I'm just so proud of him because he recognized he just doesn't want to do it. And I thought, wow, how few of us have been in a situation where we're there and we just keep going back for more, even though we don't really want to. And we talked a little bit about, you know, the reasons why he's doing it and stuff like that. Cause he's going to family medicine, just kind of a, a different path than ortho. He's a third year. So he could have two years left of orthopedics versus starting over at the beginning and having a three-year resident. He's starting over as an intern, as a family medicine intern. Um, and he said he would rather do that, start over as a family medicine intern, than continue for two years in the program where he is. And I thought, wow, that's pretty powerful. He and his wife just had a baby. His wife's a family medicine doctor. And he talked about all these different aspects of medicine and things that he thought he could, he could do. And I just was in awe of him being able to to do it. And he was telling me something so fascinating about how he came to the decision to actually leave. And he said he would be with his co-residents who he really likes and they like him. And he felt so different. He felt like they all like basically embodied orthopedics. They all had their identity as orthopedics. They lived and breathed in just all, all day, all night, ortho, 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 sacrifice everything for it. And he just like, that's not my identity. It's not who I am. And he's like, he thinks that's who he needs to be in order to do it. And I would argue that you don't need to be like that to do it. But, um, I just was really inspired by the whole story. So 
what this told me too, is that men are in pain too. He's apparently, he's in kind of a toxic program. Um, these residents, I'm a pediatric person. I work in a peds hospital. So they come down to my hospital. Um, so it's not my program other I would not be like bragging about having a toxic program, but, um, he just, he's like, it's not worth it. And, um, anyway, so I'm really, really hoping that at some point we can fold the residents into this, um, into this type of coaching program, because I think they're in pain too. Um, obviously the women residents who we want in this group. So if you guys know of anybody, please spread the word. Alrighty. So I'm just blabbing like usual. Does anybody else have anything to talk about or want coaching on? I'll keep talking. Um, so yesterday I was in my, my trauma class. I'm doing a trauma coaching class. It's called uh, trauma recovery coaching. And it's super fascinating because it's basically helps trauma survivors, uh, kind of navigate in a different way than they might have done with therapy or with other mental health professionals. So what it really is, is, um, I'm imagining this picture of kind of having somebody walk side by side and you've got the traumatized person and the, and then their coach next to them who's just kind of like holding a lamp over their head, trying to just light the path that's right around them. So it's all client led. Um, it's really teaching me how to meet somebody where they are. So yesterday I was in a group, uh, coaching situation with our class and I had to coach this girl who is a victim of, um, pretty severe sexual abuse in her childhood. And, um, she was looking depressed and sounding depressed and kind of that affect of, um, you know, I was really worried about her, but we all took turns doing this coaching thing with this one client. And what was so amazing as we progressed through the whole thing is how, each person that did the coaching kind of had a little bit of a different approach, but we were all just trying to walk side by side with this woman and just have her kind of lead what she wanted to talk about and where she wanted to go. And by the end of it, I mean, she started out just all hunched over and hunkered down with her body language and everything. And by the end of it, she was smiling and open and relaxed and regulated. And I thought, wow, I think that's one of the main things with this coaching is that we in medicine and surgery specifically don't have somebody to witness what we're going through, like to witness us compassionately, like experiencing the day-to-day -day life of being a woman in surgery. And it is my absolute privilege to be able to do this. And, um, that's that I'm just going to keep going y'all until somebody has something they want to talk about. <laughs> Do we have anybody else? Anything people don't want to coach on, but maybe just want to chat about?
All right. Well, if we really don't have any other takers, I mean, we can always just end early and call it a night. I'll put it out there one more time. Um, I really love to be able to talk to anybody if you're interested, but you know what? It's not a requirement. And that's what something else this guy was talking about in the gap in the gain book, which I cannot recommend enough. He was talking about how things were perfectionists and high achieving people are typically perfectionists. And sometimes we get into these things and it becomes one more thing we need to do perfectly or do well. And the fact is, is that there's just no reason for that here. We don't have to do anything perfectly. And that means we can end early if we want to. Um, yeah, so we'll say going once and going twice. If there's anything else, you can just raise your hand or pop something into the chat. And then if you all, okay, good. Yay. So we've got a little bit of a th thanks, Jess. You're welcome. And if anybody else wants to say anything, then I think that's my permission to end early. Can we get a thumbs up or something? <laughs> All right. Well, I wish everybody good luck and good night, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. And thank you to our wonderful um, surgeon who contributed tonight. That was so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Have a great rest of your night. Bye.